You are a meatball head. How could you go off without the locket? Relax, Moon. It'll be right where I left it on my sailor outfit. Moon Podcast Escalation! Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about why it is that we love it so much. And today we have... Oh, it's it's getting real. Sailor Moon R is, is ramping up. The, the Spectre sisters are gone. Rubius is now going to fight alone. And so we have Sailor Moon episode 73... A UFO appears, the Sailor Guardians abducted. Uh, this is the start of a two-parter, and to help us talk about it, we have a, a very special guest, someone who uh, volunteered to be on the show when we put the call out, oh, so many weeks ago. Uh, Artley King Vasquez is here. Artley, how are you? Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? Good. We're doing we're, we're doing well, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little sleepy, but I haven't had my coffee yet. Same here. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking it right now as you tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, so let's see. I, I guess I would call myself a Sailor Moon authority. And when I say oh, that, I mean, okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I say that, I mean, I have seen all 200 episodes, the live action Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon that ran for 49 episodes in Japan with the miscellaneous origin stories of Sailor Venus and Tuxedo Hot Pocket, a.k.a. Tuxedo Mask, <laughs> as well as a lot of the Sailor Moon uh, musicals. I actually got started watching Sailor Moon thanks to my husband, who used to work in a, a videotape store in Brooklyn. And he had one of the Sailor Moon movies, I think it was. Somehow, I don't even remember where it was, but I saw that one. And then I also saw the uh, original run of Sailor Moon on TV when it first came out. I saw a, a, cat, uh, a commercial for it, and I said, ooh, that's pretty and shiny. I want to watch that. And it would come <laughs> on, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's a ditzy girl who is kind of like me because I kind of related with Sailor Moon being very bad at school. Not so much the overeating part, but definitely the uh, bad at school aspect of it. And I, so I pretty much suckered a lot of my friends into trying to be Sailor Moon fans. A lot of my friends were not having it. So I was a woman unto herself. But it's definitely been a big part of my life growing up. <laughs> now, you said you got into Sailor Moon, th that your husband got you into it. Uh, mm -hmm. Were you an adult at the time? I was not. So I okay. saw the original run when it came out back in the 90s. I think I was in middle school when it came out. So I saw the commercial originally, and I saw uh, the first episode, which was, I don't know if any of you guys remember, but the original run, they showed the return of Sailor Moon first as, I guess, a precursor, or maybe I'm maybe that was just what I'm remembering, but they showed that one uh, first. They started with season two, you're saying? Yeah. I don't know oh, why weird. they did that. They, they honestly only showed that episode, and then they started showing season one. 
which I was kind of confused about why they would do that, but to each his own. And then, um, I, mean, I mean, look, there's a lot of confusing things they've done mean, with Sailor Moon over the years. I, I gotta admit, the Doomchi saga definitely got me suckered in. I'm not gonna lie, I tried with it, but it was one of the reasons why I started watching it. And then I saw one day when I was walking um, around Brooklyn, there was a little girl who had a Sailor Moon backpack. And it had the other uh, senshi on it. So it had the outer senshi and it had Sailor Chibi Moon on it. And I was looking at this backpack. I'm like, who are these other characters and how do I get involved in this? So this is back in the early days of the internet. I would scour to see how I could find uh, who this other person was. And uh, lo and behold, I was walking around again, downtown Brooklyn in the Bargain Bazaar and there was this cover with all the senshi on it. It was actually the Sailor Moon movie, this, the Sailor Moon S movie. So mm-hmm. picked it up. It was the VHS, dating myself, as you can tell. <laughs> and saw it. It was a fan sub, if I'm not mistaken, because that was the only way you can get the movie. And I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to find the rest of the series in some way, shape or form. So I would try to, if I could, download it or find other means, you know, because back in the day, that's what you had to do to get the least most of it since it wasn't coming to the U.S. just yet. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. I found my niche. I'm happy with myself. (laughs) I'm so glad that we live now in a time where you can watch 200 episodes of Sailor Moon on Hulu, or you can, you know, you can buy DVDs that are coming out and they're, they're well-produced. They've got new, like new professional voice actors. Exactly. And and I feel the same way with the comics. Like you can get, you know, a whole run of, of the Sailor Moon manga. And I, I, I really feel the same about American comics too. Like I love that comiXology exists. I love that comiXology has weird back issues and weird indie stuff, but I do I do have a lot of nostalgia for that time in the nineties, you know, <laughs> where you had to, you had to like dig through so many stores to get one $35 VHS tape uh, of, of Sailor Moon that had two episodes on it. $35. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So much. Yeah. So much. Like, money. There, there's a part of me that will always like that same part of me that still like, I love going through back issue bins. Mm-hmm. Cons like that part of me is always going to be like, oh yeah, remember when it was terrible? (laughs) Remember when getting (laughs) anime and comics was just the worst? It was great. It was so great. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, it was amazing. I actually did also have a, and I remember you brought this up a while ago, a subscription to Smile Magazine. Thank you, mom. So that's how I was able to read the interestingly, you know, subtitled version of the manga. You know, Bunny Moon, which ick. Right. <sighs> I, her name was Bunny Moon. It, her name was Bunny Moon. <laughs> I, her name was Bunny Moon. It, it, it hurt reading it after a while. And then when I was able to find the the actual prints of the manga, I'm like, okay, now this makes more sense. I appreciate this. But I think I still have one version of it. because It was weird because when it came out, it had Sailor Moon and Parasite in the manga. I'm like, I don't know how these two mix but <laughs> I it was a weird pairing because you would read Sailor Moon on one end and then at the end there would be Parasite so I, I guess I could say I knew about Parasite before it was cool so 
it was just so random, those two that were mixed together. So did did that kind of love of Sailor Moon, did that spark an interest in everything else? Did that like get you like fully into anime and manga beyond that? Or did you just sort of stick with, what is the best? Like, we can go ahead and say that right now. Sailor Moon's the best. Well, it's the I, only anime and manga worth watching or reading. I, I mean, it is. But, however, <laughs> I... Oh, God. <laughs> I could say yes, but in all fairness, I am a child of cartoon loving. So I've watched cartoons. It's basically my life. I uh, am the authority when it comes to most cartoons. So all of my friends who have children or who are interested in getting into certain types of animation, they'll come to me and say, hey, Artley, do you remember this cartoon? Or Artley, do you, have you seen this one? And I can tell them whether or not yes is good or no, stay away from it. It's hot, worn trash. And my mom has always encouraged my habit of cartoon loving. And uh, my cousins would always watch like Robotech and Voltron and things like that growing up. My uncle was the first one in our family to get HBO. So we would all kind of congregate at his house to watch all the old TV shows and things like that that would come on. And I have honestly always loved, you know, manga, anime, cartoons and things like that. And kind of like how uh, your relationship started. Sailor Moon is the reason probably why I married. So, because if it wasn't for my husband and his love of cartoons and comics and such, I'd probably be a spinster. Not really, but it's, it, it makes it interesting. Uh, I, we have our we have our standard questions that we like to ask everybody. Okay. Who was your favorite scout? Is it okay if I have two? Yeah. No. Uh, no. Okay. No. Well, I say no, but Chris no, has five favorite scouts. I mean, well, so. so here's so here's the thing. I have. Two, only because it's one from each faction. So my favorite inner sense shoot is obviously Sailor Moon. Because, yeah. obviously. Choice. Sorry. Choice. <laughs> Thank you. And my favorite outer sense is one uh, that you guys will probably, hopefully, like, Sailor Saturn. She has, I think I related more to Sailor Saturn because she was an outcast as well. So the uh, the contrast of Sailor Moon's bounciness and always wanting to be friends with everybody kind of resonated with me as well. But when they introduced Sailor Saturn and Hotaru, I uh, saw a lot of my middle school and high school years in her. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally relate to her. She tries to be helpful, but is always seen as an outcast and shunned. And sometimes I was outcast and shunned in high school. But, you know, once you have that really good friend like she had in the god-awful brat that is Chibusa, um, it kind of makes life a little bit better. And I'm not knocking Chibusa, but when I first saw her in the the English version, I'm like, ooh, this brat. Ooh, ooh, this brat. (laughs) She's got some some rough moments coming up in this episode. And and, and I want to like her. I do, but ooh. It's rough. I've I don't seen... think you have to. <laughs> Jordan, you, she's your new favorite character, though. You love no, her. I love hating her. No, you, you said you love her and you worry about her. That's not what I heard. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're lying. See, guess siding with me. There we go. I like that. I, I, Unusual, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, like, I've seen... A lot of people who are you know, guests on this show, like I know Shannon Manor is a big fan of of uh, Sailor Saturn, and I'm really looking forward to getting to that point in the show because I I know that uh, 
as you said, there's a lot of recontextualizing Chibiusa that goes on with her relationship with Saturn. So I'm I'm really interested in it because again, I am not an authority. I'm a guy who owns a microphone. <laughs> That's it. Well, I have a question for you guys. How far are you in the manga, or have you finished reading the manga? I have not finished reading the manga. I am trying to read it along with the show, and I have fallen behind because it's con season, and I'm also lazy. Mm-hmm. And, and see, like, here's here's the thing. For me, reading comics is work. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Because cause my life is weird. Right. Uh, so I am always taking the easy way out by not reading comics when I can oh. get out of it. Uh, by the time we come back for the Prince uh, Prince Demand stuff that we're going to get in a couple episodes, I do plan on getting all caught up in the manga. Uh, maybe I'll take a couple volumes with me. I'm going on, on vacation next week, so that'll be nice. I'll, no. I have a long plane ride to, to occupy oh. my time. I never okay. finished it either. I I mean, I was when, it, when the reissues came out, I was reading them and I was reading them and I was reading them. And I just kind of same thing. I just I have re- I have so many comics to read, and I just sort of fell off of it. And you know, I know how it ends basically because I saw the TV show. <laughs> oh yeah, I cry I, every time I watch the last last episode. I cry a little, oh. a lot. Oh, that's exciting! I can't I can't wait to I can't wait to get to a, a show where I'm crying on the air, which will happen one hundred percent. It will. So where where do you stand, Artley? This is the other question that we always like to ask. And, okay. and again, there's no wrong answer. Oh, no. Where do you stand on Plexido Mask? Where do you stand it. on, uh, on Demaro? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. How, how do I screw it? He is 17 years old, dating a mm. technical 14-year-old. I'm going by manga canon. You asked. I'm answering. However, in the anime... I do not know why they aged him up to like twenty seven. According to, I mean, yeah, according to like his um, entries in the like wikis, it says he's seventeen. Although I guess I don't know. I guess I'm just a little worried about why they aged him up so much because in the manga he does look like a seventeen year old high school student. I get it, but in the original anime, it's just like he he's. 20 plus years old in a studio apartment by himself, which I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm true. just. And, and, and he. And this, this, I, this child of 14 is pining over a 20 something year old. I, look, my mother would not approve, but I'm a little concerned in, in cases. However, they are Destin Moon lovers, and I can appreciate that. But I just, I don't understand why they did that for the anime. I, I, were they trying to give a older adult figure? Because she has a father. They don't need that in her boyfriend. That's, that's. I mean, he could, he could still be 17, even though he has an apartment because he has dead parents and he has. Does uh, he have a giant growth spurt at the age of like, <laughs> I, how does this work? Well, I'm yeah. so confused by this though. I mean, I, I like him. I like that as he and in future episodes, he's not the focal point of any of them. I'm just a little confused about why they did the aging thing. It's he's not a soap opera character. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it is. It's look. It's pretty weird. <sighs> it's questionable. It's pretty weird. So, Artley, that is your history of Sailor Moon. I'm excited to have you on as a, a Sailor Moon authority. As, as we have discussed on the show, we have a lot of questions. Okay. Jordan and I, <laughs> there's, 
okay. There's things about this show we don't understand. I don't think any of them are going to come up in this episode, though. But before we get into that, we do have a little bit of sailor business business to take care of. Ooh. Uh, I just want to give everyone uh, an update, something we've, we've talked about on the show before. Uh, Christina Murdaugh has designed some T-shirts for uh, for sailor business, and she did a test run of them. And they arrived at uh, here at my place a couple days ago. They are fantastic. One is the checklist, the eating, sleeping, taking the easy way out uh, checklist, which I will probably wear to work out later today. I kind of want that one. To motivate myself. And there's also the moon pudding t-shirt, which I love. Uh, There's uh, been a little bit of discussion about how we're going to do this. Uh, If we want to get uh, t-shirts out to people, like we've talked about having guest artists, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, Christina has done some really great stuff that we'd we'd love to put out. But if you have suggestions on what you want to do, like we've talked about doing like uh, like a T-shirt club in the style of of uh, like the Venture Brothers T-shirt club. <laughs> I know that Jay and Miles uh, explain the X-Men. They've also done, I believe, a monthly T-shirt design. Uh, so I might talk to Jay about that and 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 see what we can do. But if you have suggestions on how we can go about getting uh, getting you some T-shirts, if you want some T-shirts. Uh, then let us know. Drop us an email at sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. The other bit of business we, that we have to talk about is there was a important release this week, this past week, of Sailor Moon Drops, the, uh, the phone game. Woohoo! I have a real weakness for these <laughs> dumb little phone games where you have to match three things. I have, like, I legitimately, until Sailor Moon Drops came out, I'll play Marvel Puzzle Quest for one to two hours every day. Now I'm playing Sailor Moon Drops for one to two hours every day. As am I, and I am still stuck on certain levels, but I am working around it. I I will figure them out. Uh, Now, this game's been out in Japan for a while, but it just got an English release. And Jordan, you didn't know about this game, right? Well, I knew that it existed, but I didn't realize it was free. Uh, So I hadn't downloaded it. I downloaded it. Just now, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna really like it because Luna shows up to teach you how to play in like Yay. the forty tutorial levels this game has. Yes. Oh, good. And plus, she also does that awesome backflip of hers. She does not poop out anything, but it's a little depressing. <laughs> I know. If you if you play well enough, you do get uh you do get Luna doing a backflip. Oh, yes. uh, I have to learn how to play well then. Classic. There's also uh chibi versions of queen barrel which i really like like it vaguely goes through the story like it just kind of hits the highlights like you see memoru show up and make uh usagi cry oh uh, yes. in the first episode and but like the third episode is just like hey i have a new friend her name's rahino <laughs> like, oh. okay wait speaking of which guess what today is what's today it's our right. favorite hot-headed psychic's birthday. What? Yes. Is it Ray's birthday? It I actually birthday. have the RPG book open, so I can I can check on this. Yeah, do it, man. I don't think she's gonna lie to us about it, so I'm I'm assuming. No, I don't. Like you you are an authority. Do you have the, okay? Do you have her birthday memorized, or did you look it up? I I get random uh, updates about Sailor Scout things. Don't judge me. So that was one of them. I actually have a there was a. Um, an old application that I have in my calendar that has anime birthday ca- anime characters birthdays and hers is nice. one of them. It's her birthday. I'm looking at it now. You are correct. April we are recording this on April 17th. Yes. It is uh it is Sailor Mars's birthday. She was born in 1978 officially. Wow, and she's older yeah. than me. She's as old as my husband. Ew. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she is, uh, she is 37 years old today. God bless her. <laughs> well, happy birthday. I hope she fulfilled her dream of becoming a model, actress, singer, and priestess. Of course. I don't know. So but... anyway. <laughs> no one cares. I just thought that would be a fun fact for everybody. Of course. <laughs> Uh, just real quick, getting back to Sailor Moon Drops, uh, Jordan, do you have any questions about it? It, it essentially plays like, like exactly like Marvel Puzzle Quest or like Pokemon Shuffle. Like it, it's, it's one of those games. It's a little more like Pokemon Shuffle in that you have, you're limited by hearts, but you yeah. only lose, you only lose a heart. So you only lose, uh, the ability to play the game. If you lose, you can play as long as you win, okay. which I think is a fun mechanic. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like a like a two dot situation. Now, when you lose a, a round, obviously Sailor Moon starts crying, mm-hmm. sure, and then Tuxedo Mask appears. <laughs> if you have enough of the in game currency, he will throw a rose, and you will get extra moves to so finish it, your game. It costs it costs money to get Tuxedo Mask's help. Uh, yes, yes, that's like which is another reason not to like that scumbag. <laughs> Charging money for help. What is he? How dare he? <laughs> he's never. He's never asked for. Oh, my, my wife is, uh, is 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 has been showing me that she's been playing this game. Have you been playing it right now, or have you been? Play- oh, she's just been, since we've been talking about it, she's been playing it. <laughs> she likes it a lot. You can, you can buy. Uh, you have to go to Tuxedo Mask store, and you can buy uh, gems in various uh, denominations. I like the. Uh, I like the top hat full of gems that he is offering you. That's a very tuxedo do mask thing to do. they cost real money or fake money? They, it it oh, costs real money. They cost real money. Okay. Has Great. he run through his inheritance that he is asking us for money to buy things? <laughs> He's asking his teenage girlfriend for money. <laughs> for money. Did anybody else find anything wrong with this? <laughs> you got an allowance. Give me some of that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow, Mamoru Chiba style. Now, uh, I am not on Facebook, so I can't like I. It, it's weird because the, it has friends, but you can't search for friends. Yeah. Uh, but I did find someone like it. Just gives you, I think, a random list of friends uh, that you can you can request, and then you can get like extra hearts from your friends. You can send them little bonuses. I did see someone named Moon Pudding, and immediately hit add as friend. So if you are out there, Moon Pudding, oh. uh, that is me. That befriended you. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, and with that, uh, yeah, Jordan, anything, anything else you need to know? Like, how how far have you gotten in it? I am almost to Makoto showing up. I'm, I'm one level away from when you unlock Makoto. Okay. And do you get to play as different scouts? Uh, you can. There are certain levels that are, have required characters, but you can... Uh, generally switch back and forth between uh, the scouts at your leisure. I've only leveled up Sailor Moon, which was a mistake, uh, because (laughs) you do need to play as Mercury and Mars at some point. Oh, really? One thing I will say is, if you you download this game and take a look at it, the board behind, you you know, where you you select the stages, is really, really awesome. Uh, Because it's, you know, the levels kind of weave their way through, and you start off at Usagi's house... But then you go through, like, you can see Jewelry Store Osapi and the Tokyo Tower and the Hakawa Shrine and and uh, Juban Middle and the park that they always go to. And it's all done in that same kind of pastel background that you see in, in the show. So it's really, really cool in that respect. I, I like it a lot. Like, you, uh, you will eventually go to the moon and then to point D in this in this game. So Wait, really? it's pretty exciting. 
Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, of course, I am stuck on certain levels, so I don't know if that counts. Yeah, look, I'm look. I don't want to brag. I'm really good at dumb bullshit phone games. Uh, that sounds like bragging. <laughs> so yeah, I would say definitely check out Sailor Moon Drops. Uh, I was just playing it a little bit myself. Unprofessional, but Unprofessional. again, I have a problem with these yes. kind of games. I should stop playing them. First uh, step, so, Chris, I know another game that we can play. What game is that? Have Chris guess what the name of the dub episode is. <gasps> mm. <laughs> uh, okay. The, the Japanese title, once again, is A UFO Appears, The Sailor Guardians Abducted. This is my guess. This is what I would call it if I was a producer working at Deke in Canada in, in the 90s, in 1995. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saucer Surprise. <laughs> uh, come uh, I mean... <laughs> Okay. That's perfect, but it's not at all what they went with. Okay, give me give me a hint. Does it does it reference the UFO at all or Nope. <laughs> no <Okay. whatsoever. laughs> uh, <laughs> it's you, you probably will never get it. Here's the hint I will give you. Okay. It starts with a name. Rubius. You got okay. it? Okay. Uh is it is it <sighs> I don't know. Ru- Rubius Triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're never going to get it because it has nothing to do with the episode. It oh. is Rubius evens the score. Well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, in the game of Sailor Moon versus the Dark Moon Clan, he no, does well, win the score here. Yeah, he like the scouts took away four Spectre Sisters. Right. This episode, Rubius is going to take away four Sailor Scouts. Yep. Want to hear another fun fact about this episode? <laughs> Yes, please. So I don't know if you guys remember. So the last episode that came on before this one was the mm-hmm, four Spectre mm-hmm. sisters. And that was the last one that was technically shown on network television. This yes. episode is considered the first of the lost episodes of Sailor Moon mm-hmm. R, which means these are the ones that aired on Toonami on Cartoon Network. Right. So this is the first yeah, one years of these, later. It's considered lost episodes. I think it was like three years later. Yes. Um, I so so at the, from this point on, I will have only uh, up until preparations for the show. I've only ever seen these episodes once before. Whereas exactly. before, I those ones I had seen tons of times when I was young. Mm-hmm. So Jordan, as so you, like you watched the Deke dub, for sure this, did. Obviously, is there a noticeable shift in in tone and production in voices even between? The last episode in this one? There's uh there are apparently two people whose voices are different. One is Ray, and I definitely noticed that yeah. as soon as she spoke. I was like, that's not her. And the other one is Darian, which I did not notice. And then I didn't even realize that until I went online and, and online told me it's a different guy. Um he does a good Darian. <laughs> didn't they change Sailor didn't they change Mina's voice too at one point? Not uh, not yet, though, I don't think. I think that's later. Okay. So for this part, at the, for this episode, uh, it's still got the same Sailor Moon, thankfully. It's still got the same Rini, everybody else. Like, even the smaller roles seemed to be the same to me. Like, her mother seemed to have the same voice. And I was, I was concerned. I was concerned that they would stop being interesting. Like, oh, at this point, they probably will be like, oh, now let's just follow the original script. But they don't. They still... Nothing crazy happened in this episode, but they still went, oh, we're just going to change stuff for fun. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we should get started. Yeah. Now, normally, I don't do this. You're going to break off a little piece of the remix. I'm going to break off a piece of the remix. <laughs> normally, I don't do this. Normally, I step up to the plate and I do a quick 
like three second, just catch everybody up recap of the show and the characters. But, and I did not plan this. I did not plan this. But Artley said she was an authority. Oh. So, just, Artley, would you like to give the recap this week? Would you like to catch everyone up on who these characters are and what they're doing in case this is anyone's first time listening to the show? Sure, why not? So, I'm pl- you- And again, I'm full on putting you on the spot right now. I Thank you. I appreciate it. So can I have like 10 seconds? I think we can give you 10. <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate that. So if you're just now tuning in, we have lost the four Spectre sisters, Cadavis, Pets, uh, Khan, and Bethere, which I missed. And we are catching up with our five Sailor Scouts, Sailor Moon, Mars, Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter, as well as the tiny pink-haired brat, a.k.a. Chibusa, a.k.a. Rini, uh, a.k.a., and we'll hear this in uh, now, Small Lady. She is uh, yes. from the uh, future city of Crystal Tokyo, where the Black Moon Clan has been taking over. Who is left over is the leader, as of right now, of the Black Moon Clan, Rubius. We are going to hopefully see more of him, but I pretty much doubt it. <laughs> have, <laughs> in conjunction with them, we also have our favorite 40 plus year old possibly 20 something definitely 17 year old uh boyfriend Mamoru Chiba also known as Tuxedo Mask who is not really much of importance in these episodes but we're gonna let him pass anyway am I good awesome two one zero there we go 10 seconds Uh, I will say good good recap but you missed one because she's Chibusa A.K.A. Uh, Rini, A.K.A. Mm-hmm. Small Lady, mm-hmm. A.K.A. Rabito. Ugh. <laughs> they are going to call her Rabbit so much in this episode. I, I don't. I'm in the only in the reason. Why, yeah, it's annoying. Right. No, the only reason why they do it is because of her coloring. She is actually based off a small white rabbit, which is annoying as well. Is, wait, is she really? Yeah. Because we've been trying to figure out oh. why they like. They call her rabbit because her name is rabbit. Well, uh, well, because her name translates to rabbit, but she's also colored after a small white rabbit. If you think about it, white rabbits are obviously white, big pink ears, blood red eyes. Oh, that's true. Now we know why she has red eyes, Jordan. That's why we. Well, have, that's why she has red eyes. I think she's because she is Satan incarnate. She still might be. She still might be. There's evidence in this episode, but I'll get into it. Oh, yes. It's not that she's not still an insufferable brat who we love to hate, but that's the main (laughs) reason why of her coloring. Yeah, in the Deke Dove, they just, they don't call her Rabbit. They just call her Rini. They just know her name and they just call her Rini. Yeah. Which would, like, look, makes more sense. Yeah. Like I don't like I don't know why she has a code name to begin with. Yeah, was the confusion because like, I still I still stand by my theory that they they don't naturally speak Japanese and that they learn Japanese through English. So they heard her name was Isagi and were like, "Name's Rabbit." Okay. I, I always figured I always assumed it was to differentiate between mother and daughter. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense, but we're sure. not looking for logic here. Yeah, but then they call her Chibiusa because that, that is how we differentiate her. Again, from, logic does not live here. <laughs> from macro usa, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to call. I don't know what the Japanese word for big is. Big usa. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, we open with uh, Chibiusa 
Rini, small lady, rabbit, sailor chibi moon, eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Uh, standing on a dock at the park, looking forlornly as the leaves fall at the, at, at the water. And she's thinking about what she just found out, which is that Usagi and her friends are Sailor Moon and the Sailor Senshi. And uh, this gives us an opportunity to have a good, feels like 20 minutes of stock footage. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wrote down padding the episode. The only thing I can say in defense of padding the episode in that way is that I'm pretty sure we don't see the transformations again later. Yeah, we never see the transformations again, but we get all of them here in yeah. a row right up front. Well, I also wrote down in the deep dub, because I was able to find it before, uh, yesterday, she mm-hmm. kind of rhymes something. She said, I must believe what I see. The magic locket holds the key. And all I kept thinking was, is she singing the theme song in the show? I'm confused. Oh, yeah, she's writing a little ditty about her experiences. <laughs> I, I guess. I was confused by that. The, the thing that I thought about this scene was that, again, uh, since this is Chibiusa having memories, mm-hmm. Apparently, you can see their transformation yes. sequences. Well, of they, course. Well, they, they had extra time, so they had to pad it out, like you said. <laughs> it was in the budget. Might as well. <laughs> no, we we know that they can see them because, uh, we remember, we've seen other characters react to them before. In fact, and yeah. we saw Shibi react to them. Oh, but yeah. my question has always been, do they see, you know, do they see Usagi stand up and put her hand in the air and go, you know, the moon crystal power makeup and then there's a flash of light and she's sailor moon or do they see moon crystal power makeup and then a rainbow background shows up and yeah. Usagi dances in midair yeah. and some feathers appear they see both. yeah they yeah. see her floating around and clothes appearing on her body yes yes yeah. so there's there's a lot of standing around when you're uh when you're uh yoma yes <laughs> there's a lot of patiently waiting well most again most of the time the monsters aren't there when she transforms mostly it's like she's behind a tree uh, or unless she's doing it in front of you know millions of people. What what tree? What tree could block this? The, the, the one tree in Juban that everybody hides behind. You know what it is, Chris? Is that the background spreads out from her herself? So if her whole self is blocked, you don't see the background either. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just giving my microphone a look right now. It's gibberish. I'm uh, uh, sure. Okay, that's canon. We'll we'll leave it in. <laughs> so um. from there we cut to uh, BMCHQ Black Moon Clan headquarters. Yes. Where Rubius is looking out through one of his many mirrors, the only furniture that they have in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's looking at Tokyo, and he's like, "Yeah, now that I've lost all my teammates, I'll definitely win." <laughs> Uh, he's no longer burdened with those losers. Yeah, of course. They're the, suckers for the power of love that can be used to manipulate them. Yes. And as he's standing there, uh, all of the mirrors begin to go glow green. And uh, here is what I have written down in my notes. First of all, I wrote, oh. <laughs> How would you spell that? How would you spell that? I, all O's. H's and oh. O's. Okay. Lots of H's and O's, because that's how they spell it in manga. Okay. Uh the second thing I wrote down was Hell Yes Esmerod, aka Hell Yes Merod. <laughs> I love Esmerod. I love she her. Is great. I love her laugh. It's amazing. I wrote Psycho Laugh, is what I wrote. She is, like, her laugh is great. Her fan is great. Her, her outfit is, is great. awesome. 
everything about Esmeralda rules. Yes. Like, the the thing about the thing about the Spectre Sisters is we knew that they had at least some kind of kindness in their hearts, even though they were constantly trying to murder an infant, <laughs> like try, constantly trying to beat a child to death. <laughs> but you know, we also saw like. Uh, who is it? Is it uh, Pets that comes in with the cake and is just like, don't talk to me. I'm just going to sit down and eat this entire cake. Yes, yes I think so. Esmerod is like full on jedi asshole. Like, she's such a jerk. I love her. She shows up and she's like, hey, Rubius, you're going to fail and die now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, she's so great. I love uh, her. Her. If you're not familiar with Esmeralda, uh, she has long green hair. She wears a a dark, like, black-green turtleneck mini dress <laughs> with opera gloves, a pink fan, and the hugest jewelry ever. Here's here's something that is lame about her. Guess what they call her in the deep dub? Ooh, I know. Go ahead. They call her Emerald. Yeah. Wah, wah. Sounds like I a cop-out. Yeah. Because, like, listen, you go Rubius, like... I, I don't know. I feel like they they were on board for part of it for like, oh, it's like you take the stone and then you twist it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then for her, they're just like, eh, Emerald. Fine. Well, it's going to be Same with Prince Diamond. Go His on. name is Prince Diamond. Diamond. Bam. Yeah. I do feel like there's some thematic, uh, like, because they're kind of going back to, they're kind of going back to like, you know, Jedi. And Malachite and and that, like, where they are just kind of named after things. Uh-huh. And in this case, it's jewels, which, you know, I, I don't think is is a terrible idea. I don't think Emerald is a bad name for, for Esmeralda. I think Esmeralda is better. Yeah. yeah. Obvi. <laughs> it would have been nice if they kept her as Esmeralda in the English dub. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, she shows up and is looking at uh, Tokyo and she's like, oh, it's lame. <laughs> yeah, this place sucks. You suck. Yeah. Everything sucks. I'm Esmeralda. What's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, she, yeah, she tells Rubius that he's he's fucked and that uh, the, the bosses are going to oust him. Yeah. Uh, as of tomorrow, she gives him the, you know, oh, it's going to happen tomorrow. So that way, Rubius can be like, okay, I got 24 hours to do every desperate move I can think of. Yeah, I've got 24 hours to attack. I literally attack. <laughs> To do the thing that I've been trying to do. One thing I, I love about Esmeralda, she's like, hey, uh, you haven't captured Rabbit. You haven't even captured one crystal point. You couldn't hold on to an ice cream shop. <laughs> yep. It's like you let bad floor slip through your fingers. How proud of you is how far you? <laughs> yeah. This is also, like, when, when she tells uh, Rubius he's going to be replaced, uh, this is, I believe, no, we, we've seen Wise Man, mm-hmm. who we kind of previously thought was the guy in charge. You know, the the, the Queen Beryl of the situation. Mm-hmm. But much like uh, Queen Beryl gave way to Queen Metallia, I believe this is the first time that we've seen a mention of Prince Demond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not maybe. necessarily. Is there an earlier mention? I don't recall one, but I could be wrong on that. Well, I he, think there was. There was, because there was a scene back when in the... Um, Oh, which episode was it? It was in uh, the Clash of the Ten, the Clash of the Ten Warriors. We get a cut to uh, Nemesis, and we see uh, Prince Demand sitting on the throne with a. F- oh no, maybe I'm thinking ahead. No, I think there is a mention of Prince Demand in that episode, but we don't see him. I think until the next one. Yeah, because I kind of remember hearing his name 
Yeah. Uh, before this, but I could be mistaken. Yeah. Um, I wanted to point out that uh, Rubius and Esmeralda are wearing uh, matching earrings. Well, they, oh, yeah, they, they all are. Wear, all of the Black Moon Clan wears those. Yeah. Really? Did yeah. all the, did the, girl, the sisters did as well? Yeah, no, all the Spectre sisters did. Instead of getting tattoos, they all get earrings. <laughs> Well, they do all have the thing on their heads, too. Uh, but. Doesn't count. It dissolves. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Well, the earrings may go away. Spoiler. Okay, anyway. Yeah. If you go look at uh, if you go look at a picture of any of the Spectre sisters when they're they're not in disguise, they have those earrings. That's okay. a that is a a BMC TM of Black Moon Clan trademark. <laughs> Uh, so Ruby's is like, no, Prince Demand isn't going to fire me. And Esmeralda's like, hey, Dude. you suck and have sucked for like 20 episodes. It's like, so. I, we, need, we, need to re- we need to restructure this. Yeah. She reminds him that uh, not only has he not captured Rabbit, he's not uh, uh, captured a single crystal point. Also, his four soldiers, who were bad people, are now good guys. <laughs> they, have, <laughs> they have turned, like... Presumably, this is not the first mission the Spectre Sisters have been on. Because again, like if you're if you're Wise Man, if you're Prince Prince Diamond, Prince Demond, like you're not going to send a bunch of rookies on a mission on a time travel mission to take over Tokyo. Like yeah. you're going to send your elite soldiers, and I was like, hey, yeah, you didn't even get them killed. They they just became good guys. <laughs> you idiot. Like you defected. What is your problem? Yeah. So Esmeralda pieces out and. Uh, <laughs> Rubius is like, okay, clearly I just have to kill Rabbit. <laughs> clearly I gotta get this infant murdered real quick. God. This is terrible. This is so So from bad. there we head back to the uh Sakino household. Okay. Where 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 Yusaki is being dumb, as always. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because she's in a super hurry to get to a sailor business meeting. Of course. And for some reason, this day of all days decides it would not be appropriate for me to wear my school clothes in a social situation, whereas every other day she does. Uh, if you're in that much of a hurry, just go there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Arlie. What no, I, I was thinking about that because, like you said, she wears her school uniform pretty much everywhere. And from what I'm remembering, because uh, my brother was over in Japan recently for the Navy, that they really do wear their school uniforms almost all the time. So I was a little worried about why she all of a sudden needed to change into her street clothes, for lack of a better term, and not have her regular uniform with her. That 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 weirded me out. Because she's not going anywhere that she needs to make an impression. She's going to her friend's house to hang out around a table, like the end. I mean, here, here's the dumber thing about this. Uh-huh. Okay. Say it. Uh, the one thing that I actually like is that Usagi consistently mm-hmm. mistreats her magical artifacts. And yeah. I kind of love that about her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know, she remember when she would use the moon stick as a hammer? Yes. Oh, when it almost like, fell into the river? Yeah. Like, she, like, she, like, it was just sticking out of her backpack most of the time, <laughs> which is hilarious. Well, I love that she's very casual with these you know, literally priceless, all important artifacts. But the dumb thing is when she, when she changes out of her school uniform, she leaves the the brooch on her bow uh, and just leaves it in a room. But like you said, Jordan, mm-hmm. she's going to a sailor business meeting. Yeah. She's going to just hang out with the other sailor scouts. They need to have their, their shit with them. <laughs> they need to have their magic shit. <laughs> 
Well, and, it, and it's and I'll be honest, it's a little bit of a cheat on the part of the show because oh, it's a hundred percent a cheat on the part of the show <laughs> because this, because we never see where she puts that stuff when she's not actively using it, and then all of a sudden, the one time they need her to have forgotten it, it's like oh yeah, she forgot it. It's like I it should be in like. I don't know, like a, like a weird Sailor Moon dimension that hovers around her there, there, to be accessed. There actually are fan theories that they have like magical space pockets where they hide their right. transformation wands and such, and not up right. the cat's butthole. So, <laughs> unless the magical uh, space pocket is up a cat's butthole, which would make so much more sense, then I'm I okay know. with it. Yeah, but like, I mean, we have seen that at least Usagi's stuff is. Stuff she has to carry around, like that's why she wears the thing on her school uniform. You know, but it is when it is. It is when they want to, and it isn't when it is. Yeah, it is when they want to, and it's not when they don't want to. Right. But it's because it's, because she had to carry the moonstick when she was Usagi, but not when she was Sailor Moon. Right, right. Mm-hmm. She never had her knapsack as Sailor Moon, going my sticks in there. I no think problem. that's why they have the big bow in the back because they can just you know <laughs> stick stuff in the bow. <laughs> Good theory. Well, well, can I say, as she's changing and running out, like, into her room, in the deep dub, she has a really funny line that all I have is for it is called Skinned Rabbit. And she basically says on her way in is, the scouts are going to skin me alive if I'm, al- if I'm late again. There you go. <laughs> Which is another good reason for her to have just gone in her school uniform. Right. Yeah, but. just go. Like, that's the part that blew me away is I was going, what, all of a sudden you care what you're wearing? Like, what? What also, are you all doing? of a sudden, you care if you're late. <laughs> you're yeah, you I don't know if you know those, but yeah, like it's uh, it's a total cheat on the part of the show because again, not only is she going to a Sailor Scout meeting with the other Sailor Scouts, uh, not only does this almost always precipitate having to transform and fight a monster, Hikawa Shrine itself has been attacked twice in the past. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. Get your shit together, Usagi. <laughs> Come on. It's a it's a real cheat on the part of the show. And it's a it, like I like these these two episodes. You know, I, I know I tend to like the filler episodes more than the plot heavy ones. And these are certainly plot heavy. Yep. But uh I like them a lot. But that is a almost unforgivable cheat on the part of the writing. The show is yeah. taking the easy way. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. The show is taking the easy way out, it just is. like Sailor Moon herself. Usagi shows up and immediately eats uh, 100 cookies. Yes. Oh, to the meeting, yes. yes. Yeah, Lita has prepared a giant batch of cookies and uh, Usagi yeah. eats them up. Lita? I called uh, her Lita. Wow. Yeah, Sorry. Makoto has prepared no, cookies for Usagi. Uh, Serena is eating Lita's cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have this written as uh, gluttony justified because she made them in home at class, both in English and in Japanese. So it's canon. Yep. <laughs> Back at the Skino household, we see that uh, Ikuko, who is uh, Ikuko Skino, Who's sailing with mom? Is uh, and this is one of the rare episodes where we get her name on screen. Uh, Chibusa refers to her as Ikuko Mami. So we do see her first name in this. Uh, She is making a today's after school snack for Shingo and Usagi, which is a literally two foot tall stack of pancakes. Yes. Um, Wait. Okay. I have so much to say about this. Okay. But before I do, I just want to jump back two seconds. Mm-hmm. To when Usagi was picking out on cookies, I just noticed a giant teddy bear, like the size of a person, hanging out behind Mina, and that's weird. Okay. Anyway, uh, look, the, look, Ray, Ray's got stuffed animals, real big ones. 
Um, anyway, the pancakes. This is my this is my my chiefy use the Hellboy connection. <laughs> oh. oh boy! Hellboy, who also is a giant fan of pancakes, so there we go. GB if anyone has never, if anyone out there, I don't know what the crossover is between Sailor Moon and Hellboy, but if you are a uh, <laughs> if you are a Sailor Moon fan and not a Hellboy fan, and you've never read the Hellboy story that's just called Pancakes, I mean it's one page long, so you can find it with a Google image search. I have to look this up now because I've never seen it. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. The best. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up. Arlie, Arlie, where do you stand on pancakes? What's your, are you pro pancake, anti pancake, anti anti pancake? I am. Um, I, I lean towards the side of waffles. So, but I am not anti pancake. <laughs> I just sent you a link to it in the in the chat. Okay, let's see here. Oh, oh, it's <laughs> okay. Um, pancakes, awesome. Yes. <laughs> Hellboy likes them. Hellboy loves him yeah. some pancakes. Rock on. All right. <laughs> This is actually, secretly, the most important Hellboy story. <laughs> is it? Yeah. No, it's a pretty it big actually yeah. is. <laughs> it, this is the key to everything in Hellboy. Oh. Eat those pancakes. Eat, eat the pancakes. Got it. All right. <laughs> oh, so, so, so clearly, uh, Chibiusa, very similar. Very. If, like, if she, she never gets to eat these pancakes... I don't think we never see her eating these pancakes. Oh, yeah, that's, you're right because she that's runs why off. she turns into uh, into uh, Wicked Lady later. Yeah. They become they become a running theme for the next two episodes at least. So. Yes, they are. So Chibiusa, like like Akuko's like, yo, I'm making some pancakes, and Chibiusa's like, yay! Like literally like fist bumps in the hands in the air, yay! And then looks up at this again, like. Two foot tall stack of thick ass pancakes. Yeah, these pancakes are like inches thick. Oh, they're so good. They do look great. And she goes, Why are you making so many? And Akuko says, Oh, well, Shingo and Usagi might want some too. And again, <laughs> we're talking about 20 inch thick pancakes. Well, I mean, they they do look good. I'll give them that, but it's it is a big stack. So maybe that's what gives it the thickness. I don't know. If the entire family sat down to eat pancakes together, maybe the the, the five of them could get through those pancakes. But I'm not even sure. Even well, like even with Usagi's gluttony, yeah, it's hard to imagine eating this. Scooby Doovian stack of pancakes. Each pancake is like the size of a stack of regular real life pancakes. Like they're yeah. enormous. Well, maybe she's thinking about her friends too. You know, she likes to cook for everybody. She's that mom. Well, and that's what they talk about. Because Yusaki's like, or Yusaki Chiba is like, <laughs> you're cooking pancakes for your children because you love them. Oh, that makes me sad because no one loves me. Uh, well, maybe she just doesn't want to die from her mother's cooking. <laughs> I mean, come on. We we all and know her, canon. <laughs> her unbeknownst grandmother uh says she she loves her very much. So there you go. She makes so, her happy. So here's here if I may interject here. So I did write Please. this down and it kind of angers me because it kind of goes back to when she first showed up 
Chibusa has just basically usurped herself into Usagi's life. And I get it. Like, she's a child. She doesn't have anybody. She's in this weird place and things like that. But I did notice there were some, I guess, vocal changes between the deep dub as well as the subtitle version. She call, In the deep dub, she calls her her niece. And I wrote down, not your niece, because you are not related. <laughs> And but that's what she brainwashed them into thinking. Right. She brainwashed them into thinking that. And she basically just told this little girl who, again, usurped herself into your life. I love you no matter what. Are we seeing favoritism here? Or is it just me? She she tells her, I love you more than anyone else in the world. Yes. I, yeah. Here's Which, what I'm going to take that, that as. I'm going to take okay. that as no one else in the world loves you as much as I love you. <laughs> not not I, Ikuko, love you more than I love anyone else, including my own it, wretched daughter. No, my own wretched daughter. <laughs> She's saying, I love you more than your parents love you, that I imagined. Just trying to justify it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's So, Usagi gets home. And oh, she this goes is, like, wait, no. So yeah, so so Chibi goes upstairs, mm-hmm. and Chibi is uh, she picks up the locket, and she starts having a moral dilemma, right? Because she's like, I'm supposed to steal this locket, and Usagi sucks, so who cares? She thinks I don't think that, but then she goes, yeah, but wait, Usagi's Sailor Moon, and Sailor Moon has saved me so many times, like I can't screw her over like this. Yeah. And then Usagi gets home. <laughs> Usagi gets home, and Kuko's like, yo, Usagi, check it. I made three feet of pancakes for a snack. <laughs> I made a yard of pancakes. <laughs> One pancake. Measurement of pancake. Uh, and Usagi goes, what? I don't, I don't want pancakes. I had a, I had a bowl, a, a punch bowl full of cookies over at Ray's house. And Chibius is like, she doesn't want those pancakes. She doesn't want those pancakes that her mother worked so hard on. It's like, Fuck how dare you? This girl. Fuck that. You eat pancakes your mother makes you. God damn it. Ugh. She loses her shit. <laughs> and so she's like, forget it. Fine. No. Nobody who no. nobody who refuses pancakes deserves to be Sailor Moon. I like how that's how she justifies theft, basically. You yeah, don't deserve yeah. you don't eat your mommy's pancakes and stealing the thing that's probably gonna save my life later on in the show. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, look, I know that you've saved my life a while, but your mom worked really hard on those pancakes. Right. And look, look, to be fair, Usagi should feel bad. Yeah, Usagi should be like, oh I mean, no, mom, I'm sorry. Wait, I, do you I, think so? Because listen, listen, <laughs> let me just say what just happened a moment ago was Sailor Moon, or Usagi got home and was like, I gotta go, bye. And the mom apparently saw I gotta go, bye as I'll make a ton of pancakes and assume she'll be home. Like, she could have been out for hours and hours. She only came home because she forgot her locket. Look, let's let's be real. Ikuko does not have a very fulfilling life. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's depressing. Like, her, her daughter is this flighty, uh, like, from her perspective, terrible student. <laughs> Well, always like true. running that's around the house, always I mean, sleepy, stays out all hours of the night, and comes home like looking like she's been in a fight. <laughs> her, her son is some little weirdo who always stands around with his elbows pointing straight up in the air. I, you know what? Every time you talk about that, I still try to figure out why he does that, and I have looked it up. I have tried. I can't. I can't justify it. I'm doing so, it right now. It's super comfy. No, it is not. It's not I'm doing it too. Terrible. No, don't do that. You uh, hurt your arms. You hurt your lumbago. 
<laughs> she's suddenly got this other daughter to feed. <laughs> and, you know, All these mouths. Kenji ain't bringing home a bigger paycheck. <laughs> so, of course, Ikuko's like, I am alone. I will make 100 pancakes. I will make 100 pancakes. Uh, like, well. So you should show a little bit of appreciation instead of just going, what? No. <laughs> I ate a punch bowl full of cookies. <laughs> you so that convinced... Kuka 100% thinks her kids are on drugs. That is that is a fact. So that convinced uh, uh, Chibi to steal the locket and run away. And I, I'll tell... And, and so when they find out the locket's missing, I was so worried that they were going to be like, what happened to it? And I was going to have to get really mad that they didn't remember that she had been looking to take the crystal away. But thankfully they did. Yeah, for now, until they forget again <laughs> later on down the show. Uh, probably. So then we so cut wise, back to headquarters, yeah. Yeah, wise man once again predicts the past. Again, not a difficult thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it is real. Uh, uh, no, so. no, no. Actually, screw this. Screw what? wise man. He's an asshole. Because here's what he says. Oh, rabbit's going to be in the forest. Yeah? Yeah? Is that what that's going to be? A forest? <laughs> it looked like a forest. You know, that forest in the middle of Tokyo? <laughs> the, the lawn forest. She's in, yeah, she's in the park. She's in the same stupid park she's always in. It's not a forest. Listen, it's probably a forest in the future. <laughs> He's probably just being like, hey, you know, where, where the Dairy Queen's going to be? <laughs> so you're saying in the future, in Crystal Tokyo, they destroy a whole bunch of the city and put up a forest. Yeah, kind of like yeah, the sure paradise to put up a parking lot. Yeah, but that's yeah. that is the way it usually goes, not the reverse. Oh, okay. Crystal, like, look, you need like. Do you think that Crystal Tokyo doesn't have any green spaces? Is that what you're telling me? I'm saying I wouldn't say that Central Park, an amazing and giant park, is a forest. It has a lot yeah, of trees. It's a I bunch of trees. Give it a thousand in years, Jordan. Give okay. it a thousand years. I was going to say exactly. it could. Right right. Next to Alice in Wonderland statue. So anyway, uh, Usagi calls the girls and says, Chibi stole my brooch. And they're like, all right, let's go find her. So uh, meanwhile, in the forest. Uh, no. That, yeah, that that forest with towering towering skyscrapers How many trees it. are necessary for a forest? Because there's like three uh, in this shot. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up the definition of forest. Oh, this oh. is good. This is this is right. Good radio. Forest. So uh, Chibi's in the forest, and uh, and Rubius shows up, and he's like, "Oh, it's me, Rubius. I I need to kill you and take that, and then everything's gonna be cool." <laughs> well, all it says is a large area covered chiefly with trees and undergrowth. There's some undergrowth in there. That's what a park is. Yeah, but I don't think a park should count as a forest. I mean, he, what he, what Wiseman should have said was, she's going to be at the pond. The, uh, no, in the, the, no, he says in the forest. He absolutely no, says in the forest. I'll tell you what he should have said. said. Oh, what he should have said. Yes, you're right. Oh, you know what? Here's the, okay, here's his, here's his defense. Here's his defense. Mm-hmm. Dude, we call the girl a rabbit. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> That's not justification for it, but Okay. <laughs> All right, so so out on the dock of the pond in the forest, uh, in the middle of Tokyo, she tries to use her key to go back in time, and it fails, and Rubia shows up, as you said. Yeah. Now, why does the key fail at this point? Because doesn't she, like, isn't she just there to get the silver crystal? She has the silver crystal now. I think because, I think, see, this is the thing. I attribute it to Rubia's doing some shit, because 
first of all, he's doing this, I can track her when she uses her key thing for the first time ever. So I think he's also got like time block or something, you know? Well, actually, I don't think it has anything to do with the key because when she tries to go back to the future, I can't believe I just said that, but um, when she does it and it fails, she starts crying. So mostly the time that when she emits her moon energy is when they're really able to pinpoint her. Hence the reason why her crying gives away her location every time. No, he says later in the episode uh, that like when she tries to go forward in time, it opens up a hole in the time. Well, that, blah, is, blah, blah, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so. yeah, no, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but all of a sudden he can track that now. Here, here's my question. So it's plot convenient. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> here's my question. Please. It's, this is time travel. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have already seen that time travel is nebulous at best in, in theory, like, like people are talking like, Prince Demand, who's in the future, is talking to Rubius, who's in the past. Like, they're both waiting around for stuff to happen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like Prince Demand is like, hey, uh, you've been in the past for, like, two weeks now. And it's been <laughs> two weeks here as well. So why isn't anything being accomplished? And I feel like Prince Demand could be like, uh, why didn't you just check after I got everything done? <laughs> like, you're in the future. What this is a give- very, very common time travel story problem. Yeah, because time travel stories don't make sense. I like no. This is my problem with Legends of Tomorrow, too. Like, there are, like, three time travel movies or stories that I think are are sound. And those are probably uh, Primer, the movie of 12 Monkeys, and, like, tentatively, maybe Bill and Ted. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, Bill and Ted <laughs> okay. is the one that works. Yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted is like, oh, you can go back to any point in time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only part, the only reason I say tentatively Bill and Ted is there's one piece of bullshit in Bill and Ted, which is the part where they say, your watch is always on San Dimas time. And it's like, why? Who cares? We could go to any time. But whatever. Uh, yeah, but they do, the, they do the whole like, oh, hey, if we, you know, in, uh, in uh, Bogus Journey, they do the whole, oh, when we win, we're going to do this and this. No, yeah, totally. It's the best. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. So why don't they just give Chibiusa the silver crystal and then wait like three seconds for her to go to the future, do whatever she needs to do, and then come back and give them at the exact moment? Well, I, like, I, I, like I said, I think I think what's happening in the Sailor Moon time travel, and again, that, that thing with the two weeks, that makes no sense. But I think what's happening, my theory is that the good guys understand that you can't change time no matter what, and the bad guys don't. The bad guys think they can go back in time and change things. And the good guys are like, no, that's never going to work. There's part of Legends of Tomorrow this week uh, where they were like, oh, hey, we found a point, you know, because Legends of Tomorrow tries to use the ideas of fixed points in time and Uh and time, you know, time wants to happen in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like because those give you a lot of wiggle room. But they also did the thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we're in a a part where, you know, we're in a certain point in, in the in the time space continuum where you can't see it from outside. Like, you know, this is uh, I forget what they called it, but it's like they're being hunted by these these things, which are called hunters. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, let's hope they don't check this one first. And it's like, what does it matter which one they check first? No. Yeah. yeah. Fucking time travelers. People, time time travel stories very frequently have the idea that time travel takes time, and it's like, no, that makes no sense. Yeah. Anyway, 
time travel bullshit i hate it i hate time travel stories i i love them but i love to think about how wrong they are anyway um it hurts my brain hurts so uh the scouts show up at the uh at the last minute to uh save chibiusa from being killed by rubius which i just noticed makes no sense because they literally just said, let's split up and look for her, and yet they all find her at the exact same time. Well, they were probably like, well, we have three sets on this show. Yeah. Uh, she's probably at that park where, you know, <laughs> where, where Nef- Nefrite died oh and where God. all this other stuff happened. Oh. Yeah. The, 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 the duck pond, uh, all the things, yeah. yeah. The one that's even in the musical. Yes. yes. <laughs> the same fucking park. Yes. <sighs> Either yeah. that or one of them found her and, like, didn't help. It was like... Guys, she's here. <laughs> Come here and we'll all meet and jump out together. I don't want to no. do it yet. <laughs> you know what happens here is that we get fucking burning mandala. We get Venus love me chain. Shatters the dock. Rubius is fine. Yes, oh. I, call, I call that the fiery love attack. It's amazing. You know what uh, What doesn't? You know what does affect him, though? <sighs> the most effective attack. Oh, God. Here we go. What? Uh, bubble spray is the like he gets hit with he gets hit with burning mandala and, and love me chain is like it's like ha 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 your attacks can't harm me bubble spray comes out and he's like damn it they got away I can't do anything <laughs> bubble spray and then Ray is using super speed to run yeah. away like she's running fast yeah which of all the of all the scouts she's the one in high heels right. that's true <laughs> That's her superpower. So, mad respect to Ray Hino. Mad respect. Oh. She, yeah, she's uh, using Jedi Run, which, uh, for some reason... So, this is where this is where Chibius is like, put me down, Ray. Yeah. <gasps> I know your name. I know who you are. Which is, you know, which is good, because they don't wear masks. <laughs> no, that's not how she knows. Snoopy, and then that's she's how she knows. Like, <laughs> you know what would be great if she accidentally got confused and is like, I know it's you, Makoto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm not. Oh God, put me down, Mina. <laughs> <laughs> she starts talking about like, oh yeah, you know, Usagi's selfish and irresponsible. She doesn't deserve this magic artifact that is also 100 not mine. <laughs> right, right. Like she's finders keep like she's like possession is nine tenths of the law, guys. So clearly, <laughs> I own it now. <laughs> That's not how that works, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> It's incriminating. I know, I know, I know. So, but 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 here's but here's a different. Here's one place where they made a significant change from the Deke dub or from the original to the Deke dub. In the original, they all respond by going, "No, dude, Yusagi is amazing. She's wonderful. She's a great yeah, friend. Ray She's does helpful. it. Yeah. yeah, Ray steps up and is like, "Hey, don't say that about Yusagi. Yusagi's like a really good person, whereas, which, is a, which is nice. It's really nice to see. Deke dub pulls that." That Sailor Moon says from last last week and goes, yeah, look, we know Yusagi sucks. She's terrible at everything. And she's a coward and she's whiny and she's awful, but she's also nice. <laughs> like, like, why did you just sell shit all over your friend for no reason, guys? And I wrote that down and I'm like, well, this is really mean. It's like Mars bashing Serena, par for the course, more Serena bashing. Wow, great friends. And they put up, and she puts up with this crap. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand for this if I was her. Well, I mean, at least she's not there to hear it this time. Which which just makes it even worse. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking behind her back. Oh my God. Yep. Ugh, rude. So then you saw, uh, so then Chibi runs into traffic ah. and almost gets hit by two cars. This is actually trimmed in the deep dub. I don't know if you remember that. They yeah, yeah, they kind of. Yeah, running 
half really scary the parts. Yeah. So I forgot she almost got hit by a car and almost, you know, just ended the series right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How different things would have been. <sighs> yeah, like, these kids really need to learn to not let this five-year-old run off into the middle of Tokyo. The scouts show up, and specifically, uh, is this where Usagi and uh, and well, Memoru show up? First we get, uh, does anything happen in the Rubia scene? No, he just no, looks down happened. and goes, I'm awesome. <laughs> uh yeah the, so they're they're look this is so they've all changed back into their normal clothes because for once for once in this show's history there are people in tokyo yes, yes. so they it's can't not abandoned yes. so they can't just run around post-apocalyptic dystopian wasteland that is tokyo i th- i think it's this scene because what i wrote down this, this, no, scene no, this is and no, I, this is where what it is is uh, they're 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 talking about looking for her. She's hiding behind a trash can nearby, and she's realizing, oh, like they're never gonna let me go. But I'm so tired. And then we cut to Darian's apartment. Oh well, no, no, we cut to uh, we cut to the anyway. What were you yeah, gonna say? We cut to the clock first, it, saying it's clock first. o'clock and she should be home sleeping. And then they cut to Darian's apartment, Darian's which apartment. actually looks a lot better in the deep dub because they do a great transition there as opposed to just like a swift cut. I think it's in the scene where she's talking to the other scouts and she kind of reveals that she knows who the scouts are, uh, where she's like, she's like, oh, did you just save me because you wanted to approach back? Are you guys going to scold me now? And what I wrote down was, oh, so what? Now you're just going to yell at me just because I steal things? <laughs> what, do you mean, what do you mean stealing is bad? How dare you? Yeah, like she was a yes, an asshole. She's <laughs> in this episode. I mean, I like again. I get it. I am not unsympathetic to her plight, but also it's like, oh yeah, I stole it. Why are you making such a big deal that I stole this this magic artifact that lets you literally save the world? Because in nine hundred years, <laughs> no one, because in nine hundred years, no one has taught her that stealing is wrong. I think uh. you mean five years, Arlene. Yeah, I think you mean five years. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Five years. So, yeah. Chibi goes to Memory's apartment and just sleeps outside his front door. Like a puppy. Does anyone Does else it? find this weird that random girls are just falling in front of Memory's apartment sleeping? They're used to it. Okay. Chibiusa doesn't turn the Lunapi into a pillow. Just kind of sleeps on the Lunapi. Or a skeleton a key. Or a skeleton key. <laughs> like, Chibiusa, like, very often forgets... That uh, the, the Luna P can turn into stuff, but in about in about four minutes, <laughs> it's gonna get amazing. Oh boy! So the first thing that happens is uh, Memory takes her in and puts her to bed, and when she wakes up, he talks to her using the puppet he has of himself. That banging. Yep. You <laughs> sound so angry right now. <laughs> and he has ventriloquism powers. Uh, yes. Or abilities, not really powers. Sorry. Here's my question: Do any of you have you ever, any of you ever met someone who has a puppet of themselves? Uh, well, I mean, Jordan, do you have a puppet of yourself? <laughs> do I have a puppet of myself? It's um, a very simple yes or no question. If you <laughs> Depends on what you define as of myself. I don't have a Jordan puppet. But I have puppets of other roles that I have played. Does it count if you have one from, like, the Muppet Factory that used to be at FAO Schwartz? Yes, that counts. Okay, then yes. yes that counts. Then, then yes, I do. See? There you go. Like, I have a puppet. I made we a puppet. We need to do a video podcast so we can capture all these looks I am giving to my microphone. <laughs> I, when, I, when I was in Rocky Horror, I played two different characters, and 
one time we made puppets, and so I made puppets of the characters I played, of Eddie and Dr. Scott. So I have Eddie and Dr. Scott puppets, which were me. Also, I have a puppet of my cat, whose voice I do, so I have that puppet, which is sort of of me in a sense as well. Oh, brother. (laughs) So I'm the only one on this show who's not a weirdo. (laughs) I am a weirdo. It's fun to have a puppet of yourself. Agreed. I don't think that's true. I think it's super weird. Well, You've never you, done it. Thank you. Just saying. The funny which thing about is, uh, it, which one is Eddie? Is that Meatloaf? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the funny thing about this little little uh, tuxedo mask puppet that he has. Someone please draw Jordan playing with a Jordan puppet. I, you know <laughs> I would. Was... Listen, I would be happy with an actual Jordan puppet. I know what you're getting for Christmas, bro. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm on board. But but this little tuxedo mask is uh, is holding a full size rose, so it looks like he has a giant rose, which is really funny looking as well. Yes, I wish the next time we saw tuxedo mask, we saw that rose get thrown, and then we saw the puppet being held up by tuxedo mask. That would be so cool. And the puppet gave the speech. <laughs> that would be awesome. Puppet Listen, mask. I'll tell puppet you something. Mask. That would that would be awesome. But I'm pretty sure the next time we see tuxedo mask, that would not be appropriate to the mood of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> because next time we see Tuxedo Mask, there are four Sailor Scouts getting the shit pummeled out of them. So, <laughs> if, he, if he showed up with a little puppet, I think people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> All right. So we go from the weirdest thing in this episode. <laughs> so you say. Well, because, okay. Because here's the thing. We know that Sailor Moon merchandise exists in this world. We know that there are people out there making, like, dolls and, and, and movies, even. And we know that, like, they've made, like, fucking Queen Barrel dolls that you can get out of Crane Games, yes. which is weird. Yes. But Can this means yes. that somebody made a tuxedo mask puppet, and, like, it's either in a Crane Game or in a store, and Memoru saw it and was like... I gotta have that. No, okay, stop right there. Memoru one hundred percent bought it himself. No, absolutely. I I believe. uh, No, I'm happy with him buying it because what I'm about to say is, come on, Chris, you're telling me somebody makes merchandise of you, and you're just gonna be like, uh, okay, whatever. No, you're gonna buy the Chris Sims doll. You know you are. Okay, first of all, he didn't buy it. Motoki gave it to him as a gift from all the oh, years of modeling like from way back when. <laughs> that seems like right. Come on, guys. Yeah, because Motoki will be stocking the crane game. Exactly. That makes sense. And he, happens to, he just happens to know that, you know, late at night, Mama Rotiba just happens to be walking around in a tuxedo late at night with 14-year-old girls fighting crime by, fighting, uh, crime by moonlight. Come on. What's wrong with you guys? That's true. I will I will accept it as a gift from Motoki. Thank you. So wait, so you're saying you would not buy a Chris Sims action figure? I would. All right, that's another thing everybody can draw. Please don't draw that. It would be very unflattering. <laughs> I, know, I know it's just going to make me feel bad. <laughs> guilt. So much so the guilt. So we, we go from that. By the, by the way, can we talk about how uh, Memru has a cot, a child-sized cot? <laughs> twin bed which is not his bed we've seen his bed he has a spare bed for children in his house that's weird oh that is a little weird is that, are we sure that's not his bed no it yeah he's got a double queen, queen well, bed i would assume it is his bed it's only in the other side of the room because if i'm not mistaken in this scene there is a window by there and the last time we saw it window luna was able to jump into said window oh yeah and hit him on it i think he just moved the bed around no that's that's not his bed 
He lives in a studio apartment. Where else is he going to put it? I don't know. This is tough. It could be like a futon. Maybe he has a futon in his living room. This is his spare bedroom, is what it is. This is his guest room. No. Uh, I don't know about that. He has a rose garden in this apartment. You told me he has a spare bedroom. No, the rose garden is also in the magic space pocket. So right now, it's like midnight. It's like 11 or midnight. Okay. It's real. It's real close to midnight, mm-hmm. as we're going to find out in, uh, in next week's episode. It's very late at night, and she wakes up. Pardon me. She wakes up, and he's like, "I'll fix you something." And she goes, "I want pancakes." And he's oh. like, "I got it. I'll do it." I identify with that. I'm okay with that. So then there's a knock at the door. Chibiusa instinctively knows that it's uh, that it's Usagi. So does she? <laughs> this shit's amazing. Yeah, like well, I mean, I she think hears she, her voice too. I, I think she hears her voice. So she she knows it's Usagi. So she remembers that the Lunapee can transform. She turns the Lunapee into a parachute and fucking base jumps out of Mamoru's apartment. This shit is awesome. That's not, that's not really, that wouldn't work, right? Actually, well, so I actually have a question for you two. How, which floor do you think Mamoru is on? Because the way she, first of all, I was questioning how nobody said anything about this five-year-old jumping from a window and no one called the cops on them. Well, because now that it's now that it's close to midnight, Tokyo is again a, an yeah. abandoned wasteland. Everybody's asleep okay. in Tokyo at midnight. I'll concede to that. But again, how many floors up were they? And how is it she's able to just jump from Memorial's apartment and land up in the middle of the Juban district? The math you have to do is what floor is high enough that you can parachute out of it but low enough that Luna could feasibly jump in through the window by climbing from roof to roof. Oh, there's no logic. So great. (laughs) This is so great. I fucking love this. The best part of this is that Usagi comes in, she's like, where's Chibi? And Mamoru standing on the balcony turns around, smirks at her, Mm. points over the balcony and goes, you just missed her. Mm. Like it's she a fucking James Bond movie. <laughs> like it's Roger Moore. Because these things happen on a day ending in Y. This is just a normal thing. Yeah. It's like he is so, like, um, he's so, not even amused, he is bemused by this. He's like, huh, that five-year-old just turned that robot cat head into a parachute and jumped off my balcony. Hilarious. <laughs> Time for a quip. Fucking <laughs> okay, Mamoru. This is Mamoru's finest moment by far. Um, so she gets away. She does the key again. This time the key's working. It's taking her up into the time vortex, whatever you want to call it. But uh, then all of a sudden it stops because a massive, and by massive, I mean like IDW, or IDW, not IDW, ID4 size mm-hmm. spaceship shows Just up. Just like the publishers of the Transformers comics. <laughs> no, 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 no. ID4, Independence Day sized <laughs> ship shows up over Tokyo. Like, enormous like almost the size of the city itself and it stops her from going up and uh guess what reveal that's where rubius lives yep yeah which is a good thing there's never any air traffic over tokyo either because they probably bumped into that shit yeah since it's been invisible well he no he goes up into space uh yeah well whenever we've seen it though it's been like hovering just above tokyo yeah yeah but he does well no 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 because he's looking at them he's looking through his magic mirrors that doesn't mean he. That's not a window. That's a mirror. Uh, that's magic. So he. I think Fair. he goes all the way up into space and then just zooms in. <laughs> anyway, scouts show up and they're yeah. like, "We're not going to let you take this rabbit. I mean, girl." 
And they, once again, throw all their attacks at him. And he, once again, goes, yeah, that that doesn't work on me. I don't know why you guys are dumb. I do like that uh, Makoto goes, hey, don't mess with us. And then throws lightning at him, which is a pretty baller-ass move. Oh, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, deke dub, she says, back off, Rube. That's pretty good. Wah, wah, pretty good. Rube. Uh, also something that I wrote down in my notes, I just wrote all these a-holes can fly because all of these villains are always just like floating in midair, but they never fight like they can fly. Oh yeah. Like, I'm not saying I want to see like Man of Steel happen in Sailor Moon, but it would be nice if if they're like, oh yeah, I can fly. (laughs) Like maybe give me some Dragon Ball at least. Yes. I would appreciate that. So Rubius's attacks are apparently like super gravity pushes. So he like pushes at them and it creates like a big divot in the ground, like from like how hard he pushed on them all. Thankfully they, they were able to defend Chibi from getting smushed and they're like, run away. And he's like, not going to happen. I'm going to do this even harder at you. And so this beam of hard gravity pushingness like slowly comes their way and they do not even try to get away. They just sit there and let it happen to them. And then they're just like, everything is so heavy. Ah. And then Ray is the one who goes, the only way to beat this is if we combine our powers to which Mercury replies, Huh? What? <laughs> Which is exactly no. what I was thinking. Where the fuck did you pull that from? If you want to talk about this episode, like the cop out of this episode, just having <laughs> Sailor Moon leave uh, her her silver crystal. At least we've seen her leave shit laying around before. Sure. This is just like this is just like oh hey yeah the Sailor Scouts just have new powers that they've never talked about. And this is the second time we've seen Sailor Planet power. Well, she's it's like still never been explained. No, she's and like still like. Yes. Let's use that thing we used last episode. Yeah. <laughs> what does it do? Tell oh, yeah. what it does. It's just power. <laughs> so anyway. Also, also, I like that Mercury is like, uh, like, like Mars is like, we have to combine our powers. And Mercury is like, there's only four of us right now. <laughs> like, we can't combine all our powers without all of us being here. Exactly. But, spoiler, they do. And <laughs> uh... does it work? Uh... Like a little, yeah. (laughs) Like it does something. It allows uh, Cheapy to get away. No, does it? Uh, No. Yes. Well, because Tuxedo Mask comes and grabs her. Yeah. Chibi gets away because the instead the Sinchi themselves are pulled up in a tractor beam and uh, taken aboard Rubius's ship, Uh, evening the score. And then Usagi tries to. Smack Whee! the shit out oh, of yes. TV. She winds up. I, I have this written down in my notes as child abuse with the right hand. Whew, this is this is not okay. <laughs> she's she's coming around. She's she's going to have some follow through on that one. Yeah, she's about to really like wail across her face. But uh, Tux Mask stops it. Side note: yeah. not in deep dub. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, no, no, no. As in, she doesn't do it in the. They yeah. cut that whole. Segment. They cut the whole thing out. Oh, okay. I thought you said like I thought you were like Tuxedo Mask doesn't stop her, and I was like, oh shit. I kind of like, gotta get back. We're adding it in. We're we're spending money on animation of smacking a little girl. <laughs> so I don't want that power. Usagi's like, hey, this is literally all your fault, and Usagi is one hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. sorry, sorry, everybody. Again, again. 
There are good reasons to be mad at Chibiusa. Sometimes she, you know, pees on someone else's bed. Sometimes she gets four people kidnapped and crucified, as we're going to see later. Yeah. But that's where the episode ends. Like, we don't even really, we don't even get like a, in the uh, Japanese version at least, we don't even get a to be continued. Nope. nope. Like, it's just, that's where the episode ends. Yeah, no, that's where it ends in in the uh, in both. So, uh, with that, I think it is time that we move to uh, to finding out what we learned in this episode. Um, get uh, ready for disappointment. Yeah. Oh, do we do we have a Sailor Moon says? We do, but I like to do things fast and get them over with, like homework. But that's how you make mistakes. Patience doesn't come easy. I know. Slow down. Take your time and do it with care. It takes less time to do it right than doing it fast and having to go back and do it again. So when are you going to apply this principle to your eating habits? <laughs> Slow down eating? You've got to be kidding. <laughs> that, that is... is what does it have to do with this episode? <laughs> Well, it doesn't. Is that only footage of the punch bowl of cookies? No, it's footage of the episode with the clocks because that's where it came from. Oh. It's another recycled one from season one. Hey, if only there was something that some character did in this episode <laughs> that is a crime, <laughs> like a legit prosecutable offense that got everyone in trouble. If only. If only someone had stolen something and you could have Sailor Moon talking about, uh, you need to, you know, ask to borrow things yeah. if you need them. <laughs> Can I pay up, uh, Jordan? Crystal? Yes. What, what, yeah. Before we get to Sailor Businesses, is, is that still uh, Terry Hawks as Sailor Moon or is that a different voice? That was the original Sailor Moon because, again, that was, a, that was oh, right, 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 so right. early that it was before Terry Hawks, yeah. whose name I forget. Interesting. Yeah, because it almost sounds it almost sounds more like Ray. Yeah, she she doesn't sound uh, quite the same. Uh, so now it's time to talk about uh, what we learned on the episode. It's time for Sailor Businesses. Artley, we'll start with you. What is uh, what did you learn from this episode? I learned that pancakes are amazing, especially if they're twenty inches thick. Yeah, it's true. And you should be able to share them, or if not, you do not eat your pancakes. Your brooch will get stolen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> that's a good lesson to take from this. Like. <laughs> If your mother offers you food, eat it. Yeah. Or you deserve what you get. Exactly. Uh, Jordan, what did you learn? Um, well, that's what I just said. No. Oh. If your mother offers you I thought you were just... I, I, you want me to learn something lesson. else? I'll learn something else. That's the same lesson. I, I'll learn something else. I learned that Tuxedo Mask is not only a, a snazzy dresser, but a has a burgeoning career as a ventriloquist. Mm. That he is going to go on tour. Uh, he'll be the new uh, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> I like Jeff Dunham. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, I learned that y'all think it's okay to have a puppet of yourself just How laying is around. It's not okay. It's a little oh, weird. Fine. So that brings us to uh, the end of episode 74. Like I said, I like these two episodes. I think they're fun. I like the way they ramp up the plot. But man, does this thing take some shortcuts. Yeah. Next episode, I think, is a little bit better and, and works a little more clean. Like, it doesn't quite take the 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 easy way out in a, in a lot of ways that I think we get from Ooh. this episode. Like, there's such a... like. There's so many contrivances. There's, you know, oh, the, the you know, Sailor Planet Power. That's a thing we do now, right? Cool. There's, yeah, I'm just going to leave my transformation item at home while I go have a meeting with the other Sailor Scouts. Then there's also the idea of 
Chibi being set off by Usagi not eating pancakes because she had a punch bowl full of cookies. <laughs> yes. Which I kind of, I will say, I kind of like that because I feel like that's a very five-year-old kind of thing to do. But it's also, like, it's a weird sequence of events. But I do like this episode. Uh, Artley, what do, you, what do you think? Is this a, is this a favorite it, of yours? Because I know that this was not your first choice to come on to talk about. But as I was rewatching it and I saw some of the... Uh, the the parts that I may have missed, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then again, she used the base jumping. That was <laughs> I, I watched it again, and the worst was at my mouth. Like, what the hell? So it's <sighs> well, it's not one of my favorites. So I do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the best part of this episode is probably seeing Rubius under pressure, like seeing Rubius like lashing out in desperation and still trying to maintain that you know super cool bad guy aura. Because he's been so laid back is probably not the right word, but he's been delegating all of his, you know, he, he's he's a cocky heel who's delegating all of his tasks to the Spectre Sisters for the past however long. So that's a really fun part of this episode. Plus, Helia's Marad. Yes. Love her. Yes. Jordan, any final thoughts? Um, no, I think this was fun, uh, if a bit frustrating, because Chibi is at her worst in this. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good times. All right. So uh, with that, that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, Arlie, before we let you go uh, this week, can you tell us where we can find you Uh, online? Yes, I am on the Twitters. I am at Television, T-E-L-L-E-E-V-I-S-O-N. I do have a blog out that's kind of stale. It's uh, it's called World of Television, and it's television spelled the same way, .wordpress.com. I'm in the process of updating it, so hopefully I'll have that up soon. And, yeah, that's where you can find me. Great. Awesome. Well, uh, we will be talking to you a little more in next week's episode. Uh, but that does it. So, Jordan. Yes, hello. Where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find our good friend uh, Jake Mason, who uh, does all the editing and production for the podcast, at JJ underscore Mason. And you can check out his other podcast, the Morphin Grid about the Power Rangers. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business. Please give us a follow and uh, and talk to us there. Uh, Jordan likes to fave everything that everyone ever says to us. No, I, <laughs> I, I retweet everything. You retweet everything because it makes so. like a little conversation, and then other people respond to it. I like it. I don't know. That's true. So uh, definitely give us a follow at Sailor Business if you uh, want to email us. If you have any thoughts about the show, clarifications on things we might have missed, because again, we are not the authorities that Artly is. <laughs> uh, you can mail those to Sailor Business Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do. We are stocked up on guests up through the end of S, and uh, maybe even the st- or up through the end of R, and maybe even the start of S. So uh, keep that in mind. But definitely uh, send us stuff. We love to love to read it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the ISV, and you can find X Men ninety two, the comic that I co write and that Jordan edits. Uh, in stores now. I believe by the time this episode goes up, number numbers one and two are definitely out. Uh, I think number three will be out next week. So please check those out. It is an ongoing series from Marvel Comics uh, set in the same year as Sailor Moon debuted. It has nothing to do with Sailor Moon, though. Nope. No connection. No connection at all. None at all. Isn't it? Isn't it weird that X-Men, Batman the Animated Series, and Sailor Moon all happened in the same year? Yes. 92 was an awesome year. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. 
Even though, you know, America didn't get it for another three. Follow us. We will be back next week for episode 74, uh, Defeat Rubius, The Battle in Space. Spoiler warning, I guess. Yeah, as always. I guess. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Flake, but she does care about you. But Ray! Yeah, she's annoying and always late and pigs out on food. But that's our Serena. You gotta take her the way she comes. That's right, Rini. I know sometimes Serena seems like a real ditz, but she does really care oh, about you. Oh, you're all lying. I know you are. Huh? <laughs>